Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Praise God. You may be seated. You may be seated. So good. Happy anniversary. Wow. This is really a historical day. And, uh, and I'm truly honored. And yes, I, I check my text. When, when you say, hey, will you, will you come? And I, and I say, you know what? Let me check my text from years before. And I said, I couldn't come because I was serving as a New York City council member at that time. And it was just so hectic. And, but I really felt that God wanted me be, to be here today. I did not come to bring you a sermon. I came to bring you a prophetic word, the oracles of God for this church. Because what God is about to do, man, I'm getting goosebumps just telling you this right now. What God is about to do in this church is unprecedented. You're about to step in into a dimension of what God has for your church to touch Delaware like Delaware has never felt a seismic shift, a spiritual earthquake is about to take place, and you're going to be ground zero for it. Come on, I'm not talking to anybody here today. They understand that you have a calling from heaven to do this work. So... Pastores, pastors, Carmona, I wanna I wanna honor you today because I know how hard it is to start something from nothing. The hardest job in the world is to start a church from scratch. It's one thing to take it from somebody else. And being pastor, I think, is the most difficult job uh, in the United States of America. But to start a church plan, I mean, that just, it's like a rocket. And a, and a rocket spends 90% of its fuel to go into orbit, praise God. And I know it took a lot of strength, a lot of energy, a lot of devotion. But I'm here to tell you, get ready to going to orbit. Come on, somebody. Because you're about, this place is already too little for what God wants to do. And I know you're falling in love with what you see, but God wants to do something greater. Amen. And the expansion is about to take place. So I honor you for the work, for all the leaders that are here. Amen. For the dream team that you have here in the church. And man, this worship team that was up here, man, that's another... We don't have that in New York, where you have uh, all the pastors sharing the, the, the best of the best. Amen. So we got to learn from Delaware. Praise be to God. Can I go right in into God's word today? I have titled today's message, Don't Die in Your Winter, Your Season is Coming. Don't die in your winter. Your season is coming. I want us to turn to Joshua chapter 1 to verse 5. It's my favorite passage of scripture. I have not preached in this passage. I have not preached it the way I'm about to preach it. Amen. I didn't come with a template message uh, that I preach in other churches. I really sought the Lord. I said, God, what is it that you want to speak uh, to Scarlet No. 
And the Bible says no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right nor to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditated on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Here's the first thing I want to share with you. I don't need the background music, amen. I'm good, I'm good, praise God. We'll we'll get the heavenly music at the end, glory to God. But what I do want to share with you, I want to talk about seasons. uh, Your pastor has preached about kahiros. Kahiros is the Greek word uh, for seasons. There's chronos, where we get the uh, Greek word for chronology, for set times. It's like a schedule, a calendar. But kahiros is the word that is described in the Bible to talk about a season for God to do something among his people. God wants to do something in this church. This church didn't happen by chance. This happened because God already had predestined for this church to take place, uh, to do something right here in Delaware, right here in your community. And I believe that you will touch, amen, internationally as well, what God is about to do in this place. That was a good place to say amen. Amen. But the first thing I want to let you know is that you're about to go into a season of the open door. A season where things that were closed, now they're about to open. A door signifies opportunity and accessibility. To be able to enter into a place and a realm and a dimension of what God wants to do in your church that you did not experience before. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. I'm from the bronze. Come on. Can we do it this way? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. It's opportunity time. The doors speak of an accessibility for opportunity for what God is about to do in this church. You're going to be able to go and do things that you couldn't do before. What was held back now and what was hard now is going to be easy. It's going to flow. The kingdom is about to flow in this place like you have never experienced before. Come on, somebody. But I learned there's one thing that the devil uses. And I don't know who you are here today because God really twisted my arm to go this way. But somebody needs to hear this. Some of you, you have been facing discouragement. The enemy, the way he paralyzes churches, he paralyzes families, he paralyzes Christians, is to get them into a mentality of discouragement. 
You see, you don't determine a man's worth by his wealth or title, but what, by what discourages him. Your discouragement is a bigger problem than what is discouraging you right now. Let me say that again. Your discouragement inside of you is a bigger problem than the discouraged, whatever triggered that discouragement in the outside. Because he knows if he could get you discouraged. You got to understand that you have Joshua here. He had been waiting for 40 years. He was, him and Caleb were getting ready to the, go into the promised land. And they were getting ready to possess what God has for them. They were excited. They had the faith. They, the Bible says that they fully believed God. But there's always a groupie. They said, not now. It's too hard. The giants are too big. They have a grasshopper mentality. Have you ever had a grasshopper complex? They said, the giants see us grasshopper. I thought about that. I thought about, did you go and interview the giants? Did you go and ask the giants, hey, do you, how do you see us? Did they have a focus group? Absolutely not. The fact of the matter is that this is how they saw themselves. They saw themselves as grasshopper. A seed of discouragement had come inside of them. The big question you want to ask yourself today is this. Are you a Moses generation or are you a Joshua generation? And I believe that I'm looking at a Joshua generation in this house. And if you believe that, come on, give a shout to Jesus. You know, when your car breaks down, I remember uh, a couple of times when our car broke down, we called Triple A. There's nothing like Triple A when your car breaks down, especially if you don't like to change your tires. How many of you don't like to change your tires? Hey, man, it's just, you know, it's like your pastor. He doesn't like to get his fingers uh, dirty. Come on, somebody. So, Pastora Becky, this week, me and Pastora are going to treat you to go whatever nail salon that you want to go this week. And I mean that. It's a done deal. Pastora Elvia, this is my lovely wife. Pastora, if you could get up and praise God. And she's Mexican. My Pancho Villa for Jesus. You know, Mexicans, mix, mix, I can. They can do anything. Mexican. So our children, I have Puerto Rican, I have Dominican. Any Puerto Ricans and Dominicans in the house? So our children are Mexicans. <laughs> so you got your nails. We, we got you covered. <laughs> But so, triple A. So what's the triple A for our for us as Christians? Well, we have an amazing, anointed, and almighty God. Come on, somebody. That we could call upon. You know, and the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's a time for everything. You know the passage. Time to live, a time to die. It goes through 29 changes. But there is one thing that does not mention. A time to quit. The only thing you should be quitting is quitting in your life. Don't you ever quit on God. 
because I know you're facing giants in your life. But the giants only indicate the size of the door, praise God, that is in the other side of the giant. Giants only stand where they are a big door for a big opportunity that God has for you. I remember when we first started. Uh, a church we we've been pastoring this year is gonna be 35 years. 35 years. I started when I was five years old pastoring. <laughs> Man, when we started, it was so. As a matter of fact, the first year I was getting ready to throw the towel. I even called my pastor. You might know his name is Victor Torres. He, 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 they did the movie Victor. If you haven't watched it, it's an amazing Hollywood movie. Uh, it, you got to watch it, it's especially if you know someone who's struggling with drug addiction. But it, 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 I, I remember the first year, uh, after the first year or so, amen, uh, I had to make some decisions in the church. And I had to sit, I, I had to do, I had to, do, I like to start things right and do things right. And because of that, it cost my church to have an exodus. I end up with nobody except my wife, my daughter, and my son. The next week, I said, glory to be to God, God, we're going to move forward. And it was my wife, my daughter, and my son. The next week, it was two little children that came. I remember calling my pastor and said, Pastor, I feel I, I, maybe it's time for me to go back to California. And my pastor didn't know, you know, but he, he began to share something. And then he said this, be not discouraged or dismayed. And when he said that, I realized that was the word that God has given me to go to, to the Bronx. Because the Bronx is no joke. I'm telling you, we, it's the poorest congressional district in America. Crime. I don't have to tell you. You see us in the news. We're famous for something. <laughs> and I love my Bronx. I really do. I love. Anybody here from the Bronx? What are you doing down here? The BX is in the house. The BX. Some of you say, I get it out of here. I'm going to Delaware where I can afford a house. <laughs> Amen. So, I call, so when he said that, I said, hold it, pastor. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay. And we began to do the work. And began to do the work. And God began to, he took us to, I call it the Bodega Church. Man, you guys have it good. Because we went from renting a church at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to, to our brand, I, I call it Bodega because it was so tiny. It was like, you know, you could fit 25 people. It was a Bodega Church. And, and upstairs, we had a church member that, that was there, and, and uh, he let us use his living room. That was children's church. And then we went from Bodega Church, we went to the car, uh, the, the, the mechanic church. Because we took over literally a car mechanic place, and we did what we could. Even Mickey Mouse would visit us. 
I used to tell some of my church members, you know what? I, I, yeah, I, we have Mickey Mouse is more spiritual than some of you because he will come uh, during prayer meetings and you will not here. He even brought his whole family. I remember one time, how many of you are old school Christian? How, how, how many have been serving God for? Do you remember, right now we got TV, we got LED video walls, but what, what was that machine that they used to put the song? Overhead the overhead projector. A long time ago, in a land far, far away, away, there was something. I know young people, you don't know what that is. But it was like a box, and it had like a glass, and then it had like a, you know, like a, like a projector, and you would put the slides, and, and, and those, 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 those plastic things, oh my Lord, you had to get them done, and if you mess up one word, you had to do it over again. And, 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 and so one day, it wasn't just Mickey Mouse, but New York cockroaches came and visited us. Then from there, we, 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 we were being pushed out by the landlord. You have to leave. And we were about to become homeless. It was hard, man. I remember staying up at 2 o'clock in the morning and praying. I said, God, when are we going to catch our break? And I, I, I decided and I felt that the Lord uh, let me not to rent anymore. The days will come in this church, you won't have to rent anymore. You're going to have your own building. It will be paid in full. How many believe that? Praise be to God. Paid in full. And so we, we, we found this synagogue. It was a needle, in, not in a haystack, in the forest. It was a synagogue that was abandoned for five years. And we had like cans. Uh, the, 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 it was a... Land, uh, he was a landlord, and he had cans of paints in the whole thing. They told us that that thing would have blown out, would have blown up the whole block. And so we, we, we signed, and we got in. We worked 24 hours a day for six days. It's the only time in my life I went 48 hours without sleeping. And we were just trying to fix this. We finished the place at 6.30 in the morning, and we walked in. And, and I remember as we began to grow, we, we looked at uh, the property right next to us. And, and I said, God, we, I want that property. And I felt that property was ours. And one day I, I approached the owners and I said, listen, can, 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 the day you decide to sell your house, can we buy it? It was a lot of 50 by 100. Now, down here, that ain't nothing. But in New York, I, it's a lot of money. Uh, and, he's, and one day he called me. He said, hey, Fernando, would you like to buy the house? I said, absolutely. How much is it? 648000 I didn't even hesitate. I know that's a mention down here. <laughs> but I said, absolutely, we're buying it. And that was a Monday. By Friday, he had sold it to somebody else who paid cash. And I said, but God, I thought that was for us. I'm going somewhere with this. And, and somebody sold it to somebody who sold it to somebody to sold it to another developer. And that developer approached her. He says, hey, how would you like to do a joint venture? We will build you the full sanctuary. It fixed 500 in the sanctuary 
and the overflow another hundred seventeen thousand square feet children uh, were, uh, square feet were to switch children's church cafeteria all of the toys and all you have to do is to build it out and I said well yeah I, I like that but give me the elevator and give me the central air unit too because I know that was expensive and so we did a joint venture, and I didn't have to buy the land because it was a season of the open door. You see, when God does the season of the open door in your life, God says, before you had to strive for it, but now I'm going to give it to you. And I'm here to tell you God is about to unleash something that you were not expecting in this church. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. It's going to happen. Uh, you're going to have your haters. But can I tell you something? Haters make you better. Haters make you famous. Haters make you greater. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, your haters will make you greater. How many are ready to get greater in God? I'm here to tell you today that behind the big giant that you're facing as you're getting ready to move forward, there's a big treasure. And, he, and as I was mentioning, he will target. He's going to target the one thing that he's after more than anything, and that is your faith. Notice what Jesus told Peter, when Peter says, I'm never going to leave you. I got your back. I, 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 no matter what happens, Jesus, man, I got the sore. I mean, he, he just, he's like, I'll take anybody down that comes against you. He, he had a little New Yorker in him, you know what I'm saying? And, and he, I'll, take, I'll take anybody down. But what did Jesus say? Satan has requested to swift you. But he's to swift what? Your faith. He didn't mention anything else but his faith. I want to tell you something. The one thing that the devil is targeting in your life right now is your faith. And he said, but once you are restored, go and restore others. And you said, but what is faith? Faith is when you know that God is. It's going to do it. Faith is when you know that 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 you know. That you know that you know that you know that it's going to happen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's going to happen. Opportunity is coming. And, but we got to get prepared. The time to prepare is not when opportunity happens. The time to prepare it's now. The time to get more children's church workers is now. The time to have more usher is now. The time to get the, 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 the one ministry that nobody wants to do, the facilities ministry. But it is, it is uh, it, it, the, in the Old Testament, they were the Levites. It's a place of honor. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, pick up the broom. There's nothing more honoring than to pick up, well, here, pick up the vacuum cleaner. 
because the time to prepare is not when the opportunity comes. As a matter of fact, success happened, and this is what God was trying to explain to Joshua, is preparation plus opportunity equals success. When I went and got my doctorate degree in counseling, and I became a licensed mental health counselor as well, you know, I, I didn't wait until the job opportunity came to me. I remember one time I was, at, I was uh, a school counselor, and I'm like, God, I'm ready to move to the next level. I've always been a bivocational uh, pastor, always, from the very beginning. And, uh, uh, and, and that's because God put it that way. I mean, ideally, I would love to be full-time. It's not that my church won't do it. They're like, come on, let's do it. I just haven't had the release. I, I just haven't had the release. But let me, let me just share that. I, 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 I was sitting at work, and all of a sudden, a lady that I know came in, and she said, hey, Fernando, are you looking for a job? I said, close the door, close the door. <laughs> I said, what is it? How would you like to be a college professor? I went, oh, inside of me. I always wanted to be a college professor. It was one of my bucket list career moves that I wanted to have. And, and, but I wanna, the reason I'm mentioning that, if I have waited until that door came knocking, right, until somebody came knocking on the door and said, are you looking to be a professor? And I had not gotten my doctorate degree, I would that door would have never been open, or at the very least, it would have been delayed. And to be honest with you, knowing what I know, I would have missed it. And sometimes God will close some doors because He has something better for you. And and I remember going for a job interview. It's the only job that I went for that I didn't get. And I remember a friend of mine said, "Hey, uh, uh, Bronx Community College is hiring. It's a great community college that we have in the Bronx." And uh, they're hiring, why don't you go? Uh, I said, okay, just let them know I'll be there. And I thought two people were going to interview me. Twelve people showed up. I'm like, oh, my God, look at all these people. When I come to find out later on, you know, have you ever gone to a job interview that it was already promised the job to somebody? So that's exactly what happened to me. But God had it all figured it out. Because what ended up happening was that so that other person who was a friend or the vice president ended up getting the job. Meanwhile, later on, I ended up getting a job at Mercy College. And the, one day, the director says, I'd like to introduce you all to the director of the program. I said, my God, finally they hire a director for the counseling program. We need one. And it's Fernando Cabrera. Come on, everybody. I was like, oh, man. I said, so part of my job was an internship. I ended up going back to, uh, to Browns Community College because I had a student there doing an internship. And guess who I get to see? The person that got hired. And he was miserable. He's telling me, I hate this job. They're working me to death here. And they don't pay me enough. And I wanted to tell him, I just had a $24,000 raise in my job. But I didn't want to crush the poor guy, even though it was very, very tempting. I want to tell you, church, that perhaps you're going through some doors that have been closed. It's because God has a better door. 
It's because God knows the timing. God knows the rhythm. It's the rhythm of grace. The number five, it's the number for grace in the Bible. And it's a rhythm of grace that is happening in this church. God is on time. God is seldom early, but he's never late. God knows exactly what he's doing here. Just go with the marching orders that God is giving to your pastor. Can I just touch that a little bit? Because with Joshua, he was getting ready to come into the promised land. All the 12 leaders of the tribe said, we got your back. And if anybody comes against what you're saying, we're going to take them down. I thought it was a bit radical. But I sense the level of loyalty and commitment. Stand with your pastor. You got some of the best pastors in all of Delaware right here. The level of capacity, competency that they have, anointing and favor. The favor of God is oozing out of hell. The wisdom of God, the anointing of God upon their life. When God sees them, let me tell you, when the spiritual world sees them, and they're walking, it sounds something like this. They got so much oil flowing out of them. And then they go, and they say, God bless you. Honor. If you honor their anointing, God is going to honor your anointing. If you honor the gifting, God is going to honor your gifting. How many are ready to move together, to stand together? Stop all the bochinches. Come on, somebody. Stop all the gossip, the backbiting, all of the, ah, we should do it this way. No, 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 no. You got marching order for your pastor. If you're with them, come on, give a clap offering and a shout unto the Lord. Say, we're standing with a pastors because they're faithful and loyal to you praise be to god by the way this is your first time here and you're asking yourself man i like this church maybe no 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 maybe this is your church turn to somebody and tell them welcome home tell them welcome home you found your church. Get in now. You want to get in when it starts. You Five years, I mean, this is where the wave is about to crash. This is when the wave is about to rise up. This is where you get to see when you go to the next building. This is when you get to see, glory to God, when you make that purchase. This is when you get to see the miracle signs and one. This is when you get to see. How many are ready to see what God has? The land of milk and honey. Praise be to God. And so he tells them, prepare. How do you prepare? He says, I want, you to, to, I want you to seek me, and I want you to be in my word day and night. It's the two weapons that you cannot do without. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like prayer. Prayer today, we live in a generation where Christians want to praise a God that they won't pray to. We, it's easy to praise because you got the music, you got the hum, you know, you got it going on. But when it's time to pray, and maybe, maybe it's because it is a time that you are doing battle. But I want to tell you something. I have learned, and, I, and God convicted my heart during the pandemic. I want to tell you that, that uh, the prayer meeting is the least attended meeting in just about every church. And I'm like, God, how come people won't go to the prayer meeting? God told me, because you're not going to the prayer meeting. Because people are going to do what you do. 
So I made a decision I was going to go. And so we started a prayer meeting. Actually, we had it going on, but we only had a couple of people going. So I said, I'm going to make a commitment. I made an announcement in church. And I said, the most important meeting in this church is not Sunday. And, and, and we love Sunday. We love our small groups. We got tons of small groups. We got, we got all, all going on. But the most important meeting is going to be the prayer meeting. The church was born in a prayer meeting. Ten days they were praying in the book of Acts. And, and out of there, revival came forward, a movement that we're still feeling to this day. And I started to go, and I started to recruit people, and I said, let's go. And that group began to grow. Then the Spanish service said, Gloria, hallelujah. When the Spanish service begins to pray, uh, something happens. Now the Spanish service have more than the English service. Then... Somebody said, well, we work on Saturdays. I said, well, then start one later on. Another prayer meeting started at 6 o'clock. So now we got three groups going on, small group prayer meetings going on, 221 days of fasting and prayer going on. We want to saturate the church with prayer. And I'm telling you, as you begin to do that in this church, and I know you're a praying church, but I want to tell you that when you go in deeper, when everyone begins to show up, you begin to have an open heaven. You begin to have a, a God zone. How many are ready to make this the God zone? When God, just the holy angels all over the place. I, I mentioned angels, and I'm, I'm reminded when uh, we, one time we were in a church retreat. And, uh, and that church retreat, I remember saying, there's so much peace here. Now, a lot of prayer had gone into that. I said, but there's so much peace here. Have you ever been in a service where you just feel the peace of God? See, God's presence followed his peace. The dove came. And then his presence. And I want to tell you that when it was nighttime, I was praying for me. The presence of God was so thick, thick. Then all of a sudden I hear a flute playing. And I said, a flute? Now I got to tell you, back then, our worship team, they were not all that. <laughs> but that night, I don't know what was going on. This sounded good. I like, but then I hear this flute playing in between, perfectly between all, everything else that was going on in the worship. And I turn around and I said, there ain't nothing there that could produce a flute. But then I turned back and I said, but the people are hurting. And I went back and I began to pray. Can I be honest with you? I totally forgot about that moment. Go to sleep, 3 o'clock in the morning. My daughter wakes up. There was a guy in there also uh, outside of the dorms, he begins, he, he begins to hear this choir singing. And the choir began to sing, how great. Stop right there. They didn't sing that part. They didn't sing the part, sing with me. They would just say, how great is. And, and he started to run. He went to his bed, covered himself. He was scared. He was hearing angels singing. My daughter was inside. She hears the same thing, and she's like, I'm losing my mind. 
she went running after another leader, youth leader, and it ended up getting uh, 27 young people. To, they, heard the, they went to another place to pray from 3 in the morning to 9 o'clock in the morning. We go to church. Nobody told me anything. <laughs> they didn't let the pastor know. How come people always tell us the bad news, but when it's good news? <laughs> so we get to church, and when we get to church, a young person was there, and she said, a park, and she said, did you hear what happened last night? I said, what happened? Four people heard a flute playing during worship. I said, me too! <laughs> and then she told me everything that happened. We went inside. Let me tell you something. The presence of God was so powerful. So powerful that I couldn't, you know how we pastor come and interrupt worship? <laughs> I couldn't get to the pulpit. I just couldn't. We were being overtaken by heaven to the point that we worship God for three hours. Three hours we were just in God. And then the next service started coming in. Some people walk in, walked out, repented. They told me later on and then walked back in and their faces before God, weeping before God because the presence of God was so thick. The Bible says there's very few places that shows you in the Bible what a service looked like. But 1 Corinthians 14 gives you a glimpse. The Bible says that the prophetic will begin to move. The, the secrets of the hearts, because you're only as sick as your secrets. Mm, I got to say that again. You're only as sick as your secrets. And the prophetic, he says that you will begin to reveal things of the heart. And then the seekers and the non-believers will bow down and say, truly, God is in this place. And they will begin to worship. You see, I truly believe in my heart that more than anything that we do in church, people are looking to experience God, to have an encounter with God, to have a moment with God where they get to say, truly, you are Lord, you are King, you are supernatural, you are powerful. And if you believe that, I give a clap offering to Jesus. Then he says, haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord that God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land. The Lord your God is giving you for your own. Not only is it going to be a season, <clears throat> and I'm going to be brief in this point, and then I'm going to go to the next one. But it's not only a season of the open door for your church, but it's a season of overcoming. It's a season of overcoming. And how do we overcome? He says, you got to deal with the fear. Fear will hold us back. It's time, and I believe that God is speaking to somebody here today. God is about to break the spirit of intimidation in your life. From this day forward, you're not going to worry about what other people think about you. You're not the opinions of others. You are who God says that you are. Your worth does not come from people. Your worth comes from your heavenly father. Come on, somebody. I believe, I believe with all my heart 
that I don't have nothing to prove but someone to please. It's the Lord that we're here to please. And it's never too hard when God is in it. Here's the last thing I want to share with you, and that is a season of miracles. I believe that miracles are about to flow in this church in, an, in a rapid, in a rapid momentum that is going to increase week after week. We get excited if one person or two people get healed. I believe that it's going to become the norm in this church. For people to get healed. As a matter of fact, you'll be shocked if you're in a service and only a couple of people got healed. I believe that there is an aura coming upon this church, a glory. For you know that the glory is the holiness of God revealed. And God is about to, he's about to have his glory come here and the splendor of his glory. Because our chief end is to please God. Our chief end is to give him the glory. The chief end of mankind, of every single one of us, is to see God glorify. And as John Piper says it so well, God is most glorified when we're are more satisfied in him but this season of miracles you're about to step into a random supernatural miracles you're about to defy the lie the lie that says that God doesn't do miracles anymore and if he does it's just sporadic it's just a few here a few there no that's not what Jesus took his stripes up on his back for he took them up on his back because he wants to see his children healthy he wants to see his children amen no father wants to to see their children sick no father when my children are sick it breaks my heart you said but pastor i'm not that good this is what people say in their mind this is how the devil mess turn to your neighbor and say neighbor. neighbor come on tell them neighbor. neighbor don't let the devil mess with your mind let me tell you this what you you got to understand here today is that God doesn't heal you because you're good. God heals you because he is good. That's it. That's it. It's because he is good. It's not because you're good. It's not because you're worth it. You didn't get saved because you were righteous, because you were right. No, you got saved by his mercy, by his grace, by his goodness. And the same way you got saved by his goodness, you get healed by his goodness. And I feel the goodness of God flowing even right now. Some of you, I already got your healing this morning because you said, I'm grabbing that. I'm taking that. It's mine I receive your goodness into my life I receive your healing into my life you see when you pray for somebody see a lot of you and uh, uh, struggle with the way I struggle every time I used to pray for somebody I said, ah, God it's like this strained ah. that's the way I felt inside of me as a matter of fact, some of you don't pray for people because you don't think it's going to happen, so you don't want to look bad. But what you don't realize is that when God uses you, 
And here's the secret. That when God uses you to pray for somebody, and it's more like a declaration because most of the healings in the Bible were not prayer. They were declaring what was already done in heaven. Come on. What was paid forth in heaven. You declaring. You're an ambassador of heaven here on earth. You're saying, I'm saying what God already said. What God already promised. But here's the struggle. The real struggle is because you think that you have to produce it. And with the real deal in the Bible is when you are declaring it upon somebody, you're just loving on that person. That's what, that's how healing happens. The Bible says that Jesus, Matthew 9, he was moved with compassion. And then people began to get healed, began to get delivered, began to get set free. Because it's the love of Jesus. It is the love that is the conduit for God's power. That's why 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 is sandwiched or right in between with the love chapter. And when one begin to love on people, you're not going to think about yourself. How you are going to look? Because it's not about you. It's never been about you. It's always been all about him. And when you make it all about him, God says, okay, now you're ready. I'm going to pour out my power and I'm going to love in that person who is hurting. If you're going to clap, clap like you know that God is going to do it. And I know some of you, you're like, but you know what, Pastor? It's why do I doubt so much? I'm glad that you asked. The reason why you doubt, let me just say two things about doubt. The reason why, nowhere in the New Testament is the word doubt used of unbelievers. The word disbelieve or unbelieve because they refuse to believe. Yes, it's real. Sometimes you're going to doubt. Sometimes it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a contention. It's, it's a battle. But what is the real battle? The real battle, how do you go from here to over here? How do you go from doubting to having an assurance? How do you go from just uh, be feeling insecure to you know that God is going to do it? And the moment that you go from here to over here is when you stop putting a question mark where God already put an exclamation mark. When you said, I'm not going to question it anymore. I'm not going to be like, is God going to do it? And God said, if God was a karate kid, he would go, what? I see, I can't. How, how many times do I need to tell you? Don't question. You see, God already gave you marching orders. God already said, I already paid it. God already says you're anointed. God already says I'm gifting you. God already says you got my Holy Spirit. God already says you got all spiritual gifts in heavenly places. God already says you are complete. God says you're lacking nothing. God says I'm with you wherever you go. God says I am the God that healeth thee. God says today I am the Lord that heals all the diseases. We don't need to question question God anymore. What we need to do is said, I'm going to pray and obey. I'm going to lay hands on people and I'm going to believe that they shall be healed. And if you believe it, shout like it's going to happen and it's already happening right now. I had a dream and I'm going to close with this. Because blessed are those who give short speeches that should be invited back. And to be honest with you, I preach way longer than I usually do. But I remember one morning, I was having a dream. I was having a dream. 
And I, I, I hope a worship team will get a hold of these words. I, 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 I was hearing this song, Pastor. I was hearing this song, and, and the song said just one line. God is in the atmosphere. And I woke up, and I felt the presence of God. My wife was right next to me. She was still asleep, but I felt the presence of God. I went to church, and, and we didn't have healing time that moment, but people got healed. I went, uh, we went to the men's conference. We didn't lay hands on the men to be healed. We actually had four churches that came together, and all four pastors began to preach. But people that I knew personally, they had like, you need surgery. You need another level. They, they got healed. Bam, bam. And I'm like, wait a second. What's happening? I, in the English service, same thing happened. I finally got it. I got in the Spanish service. And I said, le quiero decir algo. I want to tell you something. I think I finally understand what God has been trying to tell us. And what God is trying to tell us, that God is so saturated, to use a metaphor, so, so intense in, the, in, in where we are that he has filled every space here in the atmosphere. So whether we pray for it or not, it's already done. God is going to do it. People will get healed. As a matter of fact, in that way, when Peter was walking, the Bible says that they will lay people down because they, he was in the atmosphere. They wanted to get close to him enough to be able to be around the realm of supernatural impact around him. And I want to tell you something. From the moment that I walked into this church here today in your church anniversary, I felt God in the atmosphere. I, I think we just need an awareness, spiritual awareness. God is here. God is here. God is in scarlet note. And from this day forward, you're going to see and I declare what God told me to tell you. That in this church, when soonest people walk into this church, amen, they will begin to get healed, delivered, changed, and begin to be broken. Because God is in the atmosphere. And so what we began to see, we got, began to see Cancer heal. Somebody I know personally. Cancer heal. Heal. I mean, I'm telling you, heal. She was actually pregnant. And when she went to the doctor, the doctor, when she went back, the doctor said, we don't understand that. But she says, but I do. And she got out, and we have it in video. She's just weeping. She, she says, I didn't want to miss the moment. She, she, because one thing we ask people in our church, when you get healed, do a selfie. You do a selfie about everything else. Do it about the witness, uh, testimony. And we play it the week after. We play it the week after because it boosters faith. 
We saw kidneys healed. As a matter of fact, in that service, in the Spanish service, when I declare that God was in the atmosphere, Pastor, I want to tell you, pastors, I want to tell you this. When I say, okay, now you can go back to see this lady came crying. I mean, she just weeping and said, Pastor, can I say something? Say, absolutely. And, and she says, listen, I couldn't, I, I, don't, I don't know how I even made it to church. I've been in so much pain. I got so many conditions in my body. And she began to describe one one by one, but she says, I am 100% healed. I'm able to do things that I couldn't do before. Listen, we've seen asthma heal. We've we seen uh, eardrums. Uh, three weeks ago, I said, there's somebody here with their right ear, your, your, your ears. They, and, 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 and it was a teenager. You know when a teenager gets healed, because teenagers don't fake this stuff. When a teenager gets healed, you know it's real. Turn to the mom and say, Mom, I just got healed in my right ear. And you can imagine. We've seen people that, that felt the hand of God just go into the kidneys. We had one lady that she was about to go and get um, dialysis. But she says, I felt the hand. And I said, there's somebody here that needs healing in the kidney. And it was like the hands of God went in. She said, took out the all and came back in and put in the new. And God is doing even that as I'm speaking right now here. God is taking out the all. Oh, I hope I came to the right church to preach to. And he's bringing it back in. Can we stand together, church? Because God is in the atmosphere. The Bible says that Elijah, now you can put the heavenly music. I love it. I'm going to tell you this. When Elijah wanted to see the rain come, he told his servant, what I want you to do, I want you to go to the mountain. I've been in that mountain in Israel. I say, it's a pretty high mountain. I want you to go to the top and look for the cloud. Came back, nothing. Go back up. Came back down, nothing. Seven times. But in the seventh time, the number of completion, the Bible said, he said, I saw a little cloud. He says, get ready. But what did Elijah do? The Bible says that he put his head between his legs. Between his legs. Because we got to shut the noise of doubt and fear. But there was another thing that he did. He positioned himself in a way that, that, that resembles somebody, a woman, giving birth. And you know one thing I remember when my son was being born and my wife was giving birth. There was only one word that we would say. And the word was push. Push. And she would go, blood vessels started popping. And then the baby was born. I want to tell you something. Something's about to be birthed here today. Push, pray into something happens. And I'm going to open the altars here in a second. If it's okay, Pastor. Because I feel the power of God. God is here. And I hear the voices of kids singing victory. I want to tell you, 
the supernatural presence of God is here. And maybe you're here today and you got to bring your heart back to Jesus. You've been away from his presence. Listen, don't you miss him? King Solomon said, life is vanity. It's like a puff. What's the point? He was right. I said one thing. When God is not in it, when God does not matter, nothing matters. But when God matters, everything matters. Your marriage matters. Your single life matters. Your children matter. Your, your finances matter. Everything about your life begins to matter in a greater way. And today you say, and I'll be honest with you, I don't care if it's one or the entire church. But today you come with an appetite, a hunger for more of Him. To enter into that season of the open door, a season of overcoming, a season of the supernatural, miraculous power of God. I'm going to ask you to do something right now. I want you to get out of your seats. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand and go through all the motion. When you want it, you want it. When you want that steak and lobster, you go after the steak and lobster. When you want that cookie, you go after the cookie. I'm talking about something greater than anything else. I'm talking about the presence of God. I'm talking about the supernatural presence of God. I'm talking about God coming upon your life and saturating. Come on, come forward right now. You want it? It's here. Just come forward for those who want it. And I'm, we're going to pray for you for God to do something miraculous. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.